From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 137. Today's show is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts for a 10-day free trial. Visit lynda.com slash penaddict and Squarespace. Start here, go anywhere. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the man, the man with a plan, Mr. Brad Dowdy. I have very little plans, actually, Mike. Um, you should know that from our conversations last night or this morning as I was freaking out about planning for this show. But as always, it comes together uh, with your, your awesome help. And, uh, you know, we, we always get it together. Always That plan always comes together at the end. Sure does. It's, what, it's, how, we, it's how we roll. That is how we roll on the on the Panatic podcast, and we're gonna we're gonna do something that is like, I don't know, not what you should do on a podcast, or not what you should do when you write, or you know, not what you you should do when you're sharing information with every everyone. We're gonna start with the very best thing you're gonna hear this episode right out the gate. What do you think about that? Sounds great. We're not even gonna lead up to like. Um, you know, we're not going to have a big peak and, and bring it home. We're just going to go with the best thing in the episode right out the gate. And it's an email we got from a reader, Justin. And I forwarded you this email, Mike, so you've seen it, right? Yeah. So I'm going to read this because uh, it was it was very important to me. So everyone, uh, grab a drink, sit back, listen to me, read this email for about a minute, and uh, and then we'll, then we'll chat about it. So this is from Justin. He says, Dear Brad and Mike, I never write into shows and say thanks to the host. That's just not me but I'm going to make an exception for you guys. Almost a year ago, I was told my services were no longer required due to a tough market, and I was very suddenly unemployed. My wife and daughter depended on my income too, so it was tough not to have a job. I really felt low. Listening to another podcast on 5x5, one of the hosts mentioned this great show he'd been listening to called The Pen Addict. As a lifelong pen enthusiast, I was intrigued, so I downloaded a random episode. Over the next seven months of demoralizing unemployment, listening to your podcast was one of the few things that made me happy. I went back to episode one and listened to every single one. I'd never been unemployed before. I'm 36, and it was embarrassing for me. The hours I spent listening to the show made walking to and from the local job center bearable. In the few hours I spent not applying for jobs each week, I dusted off my old Lamy Safari and played with that. I asked my family to buy me inks and a converter for my birthday as I couldn't afford to buy them myself and ended up with a few bottles of Diamond. I had so much fun with just that and I felt like I was part of a community. I was afraid that when I did get a job I wouldn't have time to listen anymore but as it turns out I'm now a sales rep and I spend hours every day driving to appointments. Now that I'm back on my feet I've just bought an orange Twisby Diamond 580 AL and I can't tell you how much I love this pen. It's not something I would have known about without your show so thanks again. I really wanted to do something to more su- more support to you and to say thanks, so I just made my first Notco order, and I'm awaiting its arrival any day now. I've wanted to look out in the fodder stack since you launched those months ago, but I just couldn't afford them, and I'm so glad to finally have them on the way. I also tell anyone that will listen to use your sponsors and hand out your codes when I can. A friend just set up a Squarespace site using your ink code. I'll keep listening, and I'll keep supporting as best as I can for as long as you guys keep the show going. So I guess... That I just wanted to let you know that your crazy show with two guys talking about pens and paper made a big difference to me. For an hour or so every week, I left my troubles at the door, put on some headphones, and listened to you natter on about all the stuff that I was into. The kind of stuff that nobody else in my life is really interested in. I didn't feel like a weirdo for liking fountain pens and for caring about what paper I used because there were other people out there that cared too. 
From the bottom of my heart, thank you for the show and all the hours of fun you've provided. I wish you both every success in the future. Kind regards, Justin. P.S. I promise I did write this out with pen and paper first. How good is that? It's amazing. The first time I read it, I, I literally got, uh, I got a little teary. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm an emotional guy. <laughs> and I just stared at that and I was like, wow, that's for someone to pour it all out there. Um, to us like that was really amazing and uh we appreciate you as a listener juster justin and i'm glad you're on your feet and i'm glad we can give you and everyone else that little respite for an hour a week because it's a respite for us too you know we all have uh all kinds of crazy things going on in our life so i know mike and i uh are glad to be able to get on here and uh and have a little fun for a little while and uh and uh I, i'm i'm glad uh you know, guys like Justin um, really enjoy the show, and that that means a lot to us to see to see things like that. So, I really appreciate it, Justin. Thank you. Whew, I'm gonna get choked up again, Mike. All right, so we're gonna go right from the the very best part of this show to the very worst part of the show. So, um, that's that's podcasting 101, right? Get all the good stuff and the bad stuff out right out the gate. Um, <laughs> You're a pro at this. 137 episodes in, you got it nailed down. Yeah, we're gonna do exactly what we're not supposed to do. But this this is a quickie, and uh, everyone just wanted an update uh, on the Esterbrook situation, as Mike calls it. Um, you know, last week we were talking about how one of our listeners got kicked off their Facebook page and blocked. And, you know, all we wanted to do was find out where the pins were being made. So now that they're finally in retailers, retailers have to be responsible for asking those questions, right? So I figured it was very easy to email one of the retailers, which I did. It's Farney's Pins, and they confirm that the pins are made in China. Now, we all assume that if you listen to this show. And I just want to be very clear for new listeners of the show. That's okay. Pins made in China are perfectly fine. It's the way Esterbrook is going about hiding that fact and charging an exorbitant a price for this pen is the problem. It's nothing to have to do with where they're made. It's how Esterbrook's handling themselves in in hiding that information and uh, making a point to, um, I guess, cover that up for lack of a better term. So just wanted to point that out that I did get confirmation from uh, one of the vendors that's carrying the pen. So. That that change anything for you, Mike? You you pretty much knew that, right? I mean, that's just what it's going to be. Well, I mean, it was obvious, but like, okay, so tell me then, what's the issue with it being made in China? Like, you you you're not mentioning it like it's a positive in any way. Sure, it's it's twofold. One is what I mentioned last week. Every word out of Esther Brooks' mouth on the internet is Esther Brook pens, comma, America's original fountain pen, comma. Okay, so they're slamming that down everyone's throat, and it's it's a misdirect, right? It's not they're trying to misdirect you from the facts by using America in every sentence. The second part is the price. Um, it, it's extraordinarily expensive. Or probably what it's really there. I don't see anything special about that pen that should cost more. This should be like a twenty to thirty dollar pen. I'm guessing. Um, I'm sure Esterbrook would disagree with me and give me all kinds of points to where this is why it costs this much and this is why it costs that much. But these are 
the acrylics that they're using already exist. They're not they're not new for them. Um, the nibs, everything is just like stock Chinese fountain pen, like we've all seen before. And stock Chinese fountain pens range from like ten to twenty five dollars, and they're charging seventy. So it the math doesn't add up to me. So those are my those those are the two primary issues. So who knows? Who knows? So we'll see. It's uh it's a fluid situation, as they say. So one one quick point on um on our architecture writing talk we had uh, a couple weeks ago. Um Susan wrote in and I kind of knew this and I I didn't explain myself clearly when I was talking about why architects write the way they do. So Susan Susan cleared it up cleared it up very succinctly. So let me let me throw this out there. She says, "Hi guys, I'm an architect and I worked back when we all hand wrote our drawings and the point of the lettering perfection is so that all the drawings all look like they were done by the same person. So when many draftsmen are working on a set of drawings that no one can tell who worked on one sheet that the drawings looked uniform. So when I started, I spent the first two weeks just lettering over and over again until it matched the heads, head draftsman's lettering. So that makes a lot of sense, right, Mike? Yeah, 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 yes. definitely, yeah, yeah. So you don't want any, number one, you want to be able to not confuse any letters with other letters or other numbers. And number two, when you're working on a giant set of blueprints and, you know, back in the day before CAD and all these automated systems, you didn't want any different looking lettering causing confusion on, so, um, on but, your paperwork. But I don't know if you have the answer to this. Does that mean that everyone's looked the same or everyone in a certain practice looked the same? I think everyone in the certain practice looked the same. That's what Susan was saying. She spent two weeks learning the head draftsman's style. That would super suck if you changed job. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but I, yeah, but I think the the concept is that the base style for everyone is ballpark the same. So maybe she didn't have to learn too much, right? It's not like I have to learn your handwriting or you had to learn my handwriting. We're both learning from the same set of handwriting. But our individual um, individual lines or lettering would be slightly different. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if we're if you and I are learning from a textbook to write the same way, our lettering is going to be close, but there might be some slight differences that would um, that would show up on paper. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, I just, just wanted saying, to mention that. I mean, I don't even I don't even understand how it could be possible. Like, seriously, like, I I couldn't draw, uh, like, write like somebody else. Like, two weeks? Yeah. It feels like it would take me years. Yeah. yeah, Well, she's probably already had all the the training in school. And that's what I'm saying. She's already had, like, by the time she's getting to that point, she's already had a huge amount of training in general, right? So now she just has to fine-tune what she already has to match um, her office, her office style, I guess, if you will. So... All right, this next question is interesting, Mike, and this one, this one's for you. Why don't you read this one? So, uh, yeah, this this question came in to me uh, via email from listener Anne, um, and Anne wanted to know because you know we were talking about having like additional notebooks lying around, and people said, mm-hmm. "Why don't you make them to journals?" And me and you have both said we don't journal. Yeah, and, and we're gonna we're gonna elaborate on this later. Yeah, Anne. Um, suggested why don't we try the bullet journal method um i don't know if Anne had heard previous uh, episodes of the show 
um, where because we we've spoken about it a few times. We've had uh, Ryder Carroll, the creator of the Bullet Journal, on a couple of times, um, and it is a good question. It is a good question though because it is apparently a, a good method, uh, and it's probably an interesting follow up piece because we have both said that we were going to try it out. Now uh, I am a backer of the Kickstarter. Um, and Ryder has been updating, and I'm pers- per- personally, sorry, waiting until I receive my Leuch term. I can't say it as well as he did. Uh, That's pretty good, though. Um, my bullet journal, journal, basically, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a go there. Uh, have you looked at any of the online tools he's created? I haven't yet. I have not yet. I've just looked at the the PDFs and documents that he sent out so far. Um, if there's any system that would work for me it's the bullet journal it's very simple when we first had writer on way before the kickstarter um, when the bullet journal system just came out i tried it for a little bit and it went pretty well i mean i think this is a system i could get behind and as i'm finding myself i don't know about you mike but i'm finding myself getting so much busier um in these past six months um that i'm getting close to have to I, I it would never be like a date book journal, but it would be something like the bullet journal system. So just to keep, I find myself circling back on a lot of things because I forget to forget to do it because I don't have it written down in a good system. Um, and so I think the bullet journal is about as close to my type of system as there is. So um, when this when this book gets in, I think uh, I think I'll give it a shot again and. Um, I think I'm about to the point where I need something like that. So I don't, I don't know. Then, you know, it, if your your life, you said you were actually using pen and paper slightly less just working at home, but, um, are you using, are you using like a, a digital tool, like a calendaring or task app, uh, for most of your, like your daily tasks? hundred percent. OmniFocus and yeah. Fantastical. I mm-hmm. uh, Relay would, would cease to exist if I didn't use those right. apps. Like, I rely on them so heavily, right? You know, that's it basically. Without those things, I'm yeah, kinda, I'm kind of screwed. See, I think Sean Blanc's method is the way that I would do it, and I haven't done it yet. But he basically does the same thing you do: real heavy omnifocus, real heavy calendar. But then sits down in the morning and transfers all that information into a paper plan for the day. Goes into uh, I think he's using the Baron Fig Confidant, so he'll take he'll open up omnifocus. And then just break down the day in the notebook. Um, so between that and something like the bullet journal, I think I, I could get behind something like that. I'm I'm close to my breaking point as far as planning goes, and I'm going to start forgetting things if I don't start organizing a little bit better. So yeah, this is going to be something I'm going to look into. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure about that method because, I don't know, I just feel like use one or the other mm-hmm. rather than everything. Yeah. Um, but you but know, but then you get to use pens and paper too. I know, I know. But you know, as as we always say on this show, if it works for you, then then go for it. Like yes, do it. But yep. I rely quite heavily on the notifications of do this mm. task throughout the gotcha. day, um, or at least I believe I do, mm-hmm. uh, to prompt me to do things. So, well, good. That's right. Use the system that works for you. Indeed. Right. Let me just take a quick break and thank our first sponsor for this week's episode. 
Nellislinda.com. It's time to kickstart your new year and challenge yourself to learn something new. A free 10-day trial to Lynda.com. Lynda is used by millions of people around the world and has over 3,000 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business. All of their courses are taught by experts and they have new courses being added to the site every single week. You'll get unlimited access to every course on Lynda.com when you sign up, as well as all of these new courses that are being added every week. You have this huge huge back catalogue to look through and you can watch these videos on your laptop or on your iPhone, your iPad uh, your Android phone, your Android tablet because they have great apps for those devices too whether you want to set new financial goals, invest in a new hobby or improve on your current job skills in 2015 lynda.com has something for everyone. Remember that fantastic logo design video course uh, video we spoke about a couple of weeks ago featuring Aaron Draplin, that was a lynda.com video it's actually just seen over been seen over a million times now I saw Mr Draplin tweet the other day but there's so much yeah I know there's so much other great lynda.com stuff like maybe maybe you know as many of listeners to this show Brad uh, maybe you're starting your own business there are so many people that that we hear from that are doing this sort of stuff and this is something that lynda.com can help you with or maybe you just want to improve your skills in your current workplace maybe you need general management tips to help you when leading teams they have a great course on going paperless as well which is quite interesting so you can get rid of a lot of the pesky paper that you don't want in your life you know bills and such you can use uh, lynda.com's paperless course to to help you learn how to manage that stuff a lot better or maybe you want want to learn a little bit more about getting things done you know we were just talking about productivity systems a moment ago a very popular one is the gtd method and you can learn about this from the man who created it david allen do something good for yourself in 2015 and sign up for a free 10-day trial to lynda.com by visiting lynda.com slash penaddict go ahead i challenge you to learn something new in 2015 thank you so much to lynda.com for supporting this show and all of relay fm so that's a good point about the GTD system, and that's something I need to go watch because even if you the traditional GTD system is very hardcore and very rigid, but just listening and watching um, the videos about setting that up, you pick up a couple things right that you can use for your system. You don't have to be you know a hardcore GTD uh, believer, but you can pick up one or two things that fit into how you work. And uh, I, I think you know watching something like that if you're not familiar with it is a great idea. That's very cool. So our, our uh, you spoke about Aaron Draplin just a second ago, and we had an interesting field notes that uh, you added to the show notes, Mike. Yes, indeed. So <laughs> this this field notes stuff is starting to become a little funny to me. It's getting a bit ridiculous, I think. It's, in certain yeah, points. I, I think that's the word ridiculous. Um, I mean, believe me, I love field notes and praise them, but it's the it's the chase of these rare editions that I'm starting to get um, find the ridiculousness in. And so one of the links that came up this week was one of the Field Notes DDC Factory Floor editions. And these are really cool editions. These are something that um, Aaron, from time to time, will make them for personal use and then make a small run um, that he will eventually sell, um, usually through the DDC shop, not through Field Notes. So this is one of the standard issue memo books that he made, and it's numbered blank of a thousand. Well, the problem is it's literally numbered blank of a thousand. There's no number on it. So oh my god, the field notes went field nuts went crazy. What does this mean? There's no number <laughs> on, on the field notes, Mike. 
What are we going to do? I don't find that ridiculous because that is kind of interesting because if you're able to get your hands on one of this one of these ones it's like super rare. I think the mm-hmm. price that it's at is ridiculous. Yeah. So currently the current bid this isn't like the starting price. This is the current bid of the 16 bids. It's $117.50. That's too much money, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's so I have much. one of these. I have one of these um um and I didn't look and see what number it was. But it's a little crazy. I I admit. I mean, I still would be in the market just for a sealed three pack of Butcher Orange. I don't know what I'd pay for that. I'd I'd certainly have a limit, just because then that would just I would be done with it. But the non colors editions editions, I almost have zero interest in. I'll pick them up in my can. Like believe me, I love the the Starbucks Roastery edition, or you know, like we got the Capsule edition a few years ago, or the XOXO editions. If we can get them for like a normal reasonable price, yeah. But when it starts really hitting this aftermarket hard, I'm like, it's almost laughable to this point. It's such a big thing now. Um, it's crazy. Who would have who would have thunk it, Mike? Um, I, I remember back in the day, I was offered fifty dollars for my grass stained green, and I was like, "No, I'm gonna use them," and I still am, and I haven't sold any yet. So, I don't know what's perpetuating this aftermarket. I don't know if it's getting worse or if it's always been this bad. Mm. Um, but it's it's pretty. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty. It's it's getting pretty uh, out of hand at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I woke up to this link in my uh, in my Twitter feed today, Mike, and I went to go put it in the show notes and saw you already had it in there. But there's this really cool field notes in CSS site. Um, I guess our friend uh, Josh Ginter had this up on the newsprint, and it's from uh, – well, we'll have the link in the show notes to get to this, but it's uh, – show notes are at relay.fm slash pinetic slash 137. That's it. I thought this, I thought this was really neat. This is, uh, this is my kind of thing, and – I almost wish um, whoever did this, I think his name's Ben, um, would take the CSS field notes that he created and move them to individual notebooks instead of the fanned out look. And that way I could use them for iOS wallpaper. Like the American Tradesman would be super sweet as an iOS wallpaper. I would like that. Have you uh, pressed down on them? Oh, no. Press down on them. Oh, get out. They don't come all the way apart. They no, just they just of, fan, they fan out. More. How that's cool, cool is that? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah. So I he did that. a really good did a really good job setting all these up, and it's all the way down to ambition edition. So uh, it's it's very cool. So yeah, like he says, a silly thing built by BMJT, made with lots of help from other smarter people. But yeah, I would love to have because these are just very very simple plain colors, and it would look good as. Uh, smartphone backgrounds so mm-hmm. that would be cool that would be cool so we'll have that in the link to the show notes for you to go check out now i did a review today that a lot of people wanted me to talk about um before i posted it's for the 14 karat gold kaveco nib unit so did you know we talked about these how how they were coming out right mike did you were aware of these nibs uh it doesn't ring a bell no okay yeah i wasn't sure but um, I've had it, uh, Kaveco sent it to me and a few other bloggers to uh, test drive, and it's a new part of their lineup. It's a nib. It's the small size n- number five gold nib that fits the vast majority of their pins. Not every pin, but it fits all the popular ones that we like, like Lilliput, AL Sport, AC Sport, uh, Dia, 
and a few other ones. So it's kind of like, you know, consider it like your Pelican, your M205, right? You bought it with a steel nib, then you upgraded it to a gold nib. Same type of thing. You just screw it out and pop the new nib in. So people wanted to know what I thought about it, so I posted it on the blog today, finally. And it's really good, um, as you would expect from a German gold nib. I mean, I, it's not the most special nib I have ever used in my life. You know, it's not some, you know, angel singing type thing, but it's really, really good. Um, part of it made me why I didn't like l totally love it. It's a medium nib, and that's a, the one nib size that I almost never use. I'll either use extra fine or fine or broad and up, but it's like right there smack in the middle of the medium. I almost never use it seems like um, it's just not my that the line width that I like. The only real hang up with this is it's pretty expensive. I think relatively speaking to other nibs. The good thing is that you only need one of these in my opinion because you just switch it out to the Kaveco pen you're using and that's how I use my other my steel nibs. How much is I this? Use, $100. Uh 120 euros, so it's about $140. Right. Um and they're not totally available yet. They're just starting like Fanta Plumo has them and they're 4 weeks out from being ordered. I didn't see any other online shops that were actually selling this yet. So, you know, it's pretty expensive. I'd like to pay about $100, which is what I wrote in the in the review. You know, I think $100 would be a good price, but you know, it's 140. That's pretty high. You know, I can get a Lamy 2000 for that price, but it's also a very useful nib in the fact that you can use it in so many different pens. And for such a fan of Kaveco as I am, that's actually becomes pretty useful to me. Um, I probably have six or eight Kaveco pens that this would fit. And right now I only use two nibs between all those. Anyway, I use an extra fine nib or I use a stub nib that I had ground by Sean Newton. And whenever I decide to use one of my little puts or AL sports or whatever pen, I just decide which nib I want and, and screw it into the pen that I want to use. So having one of these, I think would be useful, but it's not going to be like a, immediate purchase just because it's really expensive um looks i think looks pretty with the brass that put yeah yeah so i i played around decided which one i wanted to take the photographs with so that one uh, that one worked out pretty well so this is the two-tone nib right now it's only available in medium then they have the solid gold um nib and it's available in the range from extra fine to double broad i believe so right anyway i just some uh, people wanted to hear about that you know how we're making the worst podcast ever today, you know, like breaking all the rules and stuff. Yes. I have another rule to break. Okay. So I've found a spelling error in your post. Oh, good. I, um, I like it. Oh, I just found it. I can't believe you said that. Approximately. Approximately. Yeah. I just happened to be scrolled right to that spot. Usually, <laughs> usually these posts launch at 8 o'clock, and usually by 8.05, I've got the spelling corrections in from the Twitterati. <laughs> Um, so, but that one's, uh, that one's hung out there. Are you people not reading my posts? What's going on out there? Ugh, I hadn't seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. I so I, that one yet. no matter how many times you reread these posts, something always sneaks through. You can only, uh, only blind yourself so much with the text. So, uh, I will fix that after the show. Thank you, Michael. I, I always appreciate the spelling and grammar corrections. I'm not one of those people that, that, uh, 
tells people to go jump in a lake. I, I want you to tell me so I can fix it because I would be happy to have a <laughs> normal-looking post without spelling errors. I like this main topic, Mike. Yeah, you, so basically... You came up with this all by yourself. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. My little boy's all grown up. So today, uh, Brad sent me a message, and he was like, I, I don't know... I, swamped i need to do this to do the show notes like to plan out the episode and i was like oh i was terrified because i've never done that before i don't think and i was like i have no idea what to talk about uh and then i kind of came up with a a few a few interesting things here i think a bunch of follow-up items i pulled in and a couple of topics you know i think i did a good job Shoot, yeah, I was I was raving about you, uh, at least to you. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> a publicly. career for me in this podcasting game. I th- I think you've got it, and uh, yeah, you you've got it good. So this topic, so out of the two topics you chose, one I had written down to add into the show notes, but this first one that we're going to cover, I think, is a perfect topic, and it's rediscovering an old pen. Mm-hmm. So tell the. Uh, I know where the the story originates from, and probably a lot of the listeners do, but why don't you give us the quick uh, background on on why this came up? So in case you didn't know, <laughs> I lost the pen recently, okay? So you still haven't, you still haven't found it, right? No, Just so I, we're... I don't know where it is. Okay. I don't really want to talk about it, but I lost the pen. <laughs> uh, so I needed to replace the pen. Like, this is the pen that I keep next to me all the time uh, to keep to write down little show notes stuff with, you know, as in like, oh, need to pull out this part here or we had an audio issue here. So I keep little notes about that with pen and paper because uh, it's the easiest way for me to grab it. And sometimes I can be writing the notes whilst I'm talking and reading, right? Because it's just like a different part of my brain doing that bit. So I just was thinking, what should I go with? And I looked in my uh, lovely Dudek arrangements I have here around me um decided that i didn't want to use a retro 51 because it brought back too many memories about the lost pen for the time being so i figured i would try something else so i picked up my twisby 540 roc because it's one of the most beautiful pens that i own um love just love love the look of this pen uh i love that all the different colors and it's just a, a real a real beauty and it's fantastic that you can buy this again i think um and I've fallen back in love with it again, which is which is really interesting. So I'd forgotten uh, how nice it was to write with. I think I have a fine nib in this one, so that's different for me. You know, for like uh, for for fountain pens, I have uh, mediums and fines and broads, but I don't have a lot of fines, and and I really like it. Uh, I like that you. by now they, they actually have changed it. It's no longer the 540 ROC, it's the 580 USA, which I still want to get because that USA cap, man, that is super cool. And, and I want one of those. Yep. And see, now I'm like, I want two Twisbees now. So it's like, <laughs> hmm, interesting. And what isn't helping is the fact that I've fallen back in love with this Twisbee again. Um, I mean, I'd had a, a brief time there where I didn't want to, where I was kind of uh, annoyed at Twisby. Uh, sure. Because I had some problems. Um, and in the, the piston filling mechanism is really not ideal because these pens, they, they get really jammed up. And I know they give you the grease for it, but sometimes it's too late, you know? Yeah. And I've had them, like, I had, I've, you know, I was, I was uh, doing some work on. My girlfriend's Twisby the other day, uh, and like the the basically the piece is like popped off on the inside, so you have to try and be really careful when you're using it. And you don't 
you know that happens when it happens, and sometimes you don't know it's going to happen until it happens. But so I need to I need to, to use the grease that it comes with to to you know to do that with. But it's it's you know it's, it's not ideal. But I've fallen back in love with this pen. I love the build quality. I love the way it looks. Like the build quality, I in the way it's finished. You know the way it feels in the hand. I love the weight of it. Um, it's just interesting enough. The nib is fantastic. So it's a pen that I haven't used for a while and it's come back into solid rotation. So do you do this? Do you kind of like you use a pen for a while, you fall out of love with it or you move on and then you come back to it and like you'd forgotten how incredible it was? This is absolutely a thing. Absolutely for sure. I'm, I was trying, I, I can think of a few that I that I go back and forth with. Like the Pilot Vanishing Point for me falls into this category. It's an all or nothing use for me when i use it i absolutely love every second with it it's great and every time i ink it up and if i haven't been using it in a while i remember how much i love this pen and why i love this pen so much and then you know just sometimes going through the rotation of pens you know cleaning them out and and you know and getting in some new pens into the rotation and then I may not use it for a few months and then just all of a sudden it'll hit me like oh I haven't used my vanishing point and then I'll ink it up and start writing with it and it's almost like a relief you know it's like oh yeah this is exactly what I remember this being like and it's this is why this pen's so great and yeah this happens so I'd say the vanishing point um, for me is kind of that pen because I don't have it inked up all the time um, but when I do um, re-ink one up, I realize that how much I've missed it. So that's a really good one. Um, besides that one, I'm trying to think. There's that's probably the primary one. But to me, this happens with inks for me too, because I have so many inks, and I know you're not you don't have the uh, the ink collection that I do. What'd you put in your Twisby, by the way? Uh, I put. Uh... Iroshizuku Konpeki in here, which is the okay. blue, because yep. it's it matches the color of the pen so nicely. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's great. So I have um, my Nakaya uh, Portable, which is the first one I bought, and probably my favorite. And I keep, I have all these fancy inks, right? I've got all these Iroshizukus and all these Ackermans and all these Sailor Limited Editions and just you know, just stock full of all kinds of rare, unique, beautiful inks. I went back to Pilot Blue Black in my Nakaya. And I'm so happy. You know, it's such a good ink that I forget about. You know, it's one of the cheapest, well, cheap's the wrong word, inexpensive inks that I own. But it performs so well, it behaves so well, it's really pretty. And, you know, I... I had Sailor Yamadori, which is a nice green. It kind of matched my Nakaya. You know, I like I sometimes like to match my ink colors to my pens. You know, it's just kind of a, a overall feel type of thing. And I got tired of that ink, so I flushed it out. And I was like, what am I going to put in this? And it just, you know, dawned on me, Pilot Blue Black. And I hadn't used that for months and months and months in any pen around at all. And it's almost perfect. It's like the perfect ink for that pen. And it's one of the most inexpensive you know non-fancy inks i own but it is so good and that's the kind of realization i had um like this rediscovering thing so 
Um, apparently, I like pilot a lot. <laughs> when I rediscover things, I go back to the pilots. Um, one of the pins I miss, but it's not really a rediscovering, is my Pilot Custom Heritage 912 with the PO nib. That one I always miss, but I'm always aware that that one's there. That one never goes out of the mindset. Like, maybe your Twisby goes out of the mindset. Like, do I even own this pin? Is it in my thought process or like the vanishing point with me sometimes it just doesn't exist you know because i'm using six or eight other pins and that doesn't exist the po nib actually always exists but i don't use it all the time but when i ink it back up i always love it so um those, those are mine and i think this is a really good thing so i i'd be interested to see if the listeners had any other pins that they haven't used for like a year or two maybe not even that long maybe six months that they go back to and Twisby's one of those pins too. It's just always a good writing experience when I use it. So, so yeah, I thought that was super good, Michael. Way to go by you. So I was just, I've just been saved money. Yeah, uh, how? because I can't find uh, the five eighty orange AL in stock in any UK mm-hmm. stockists. Yeah, otherwise there'd be one on the way already. I think I'm gonna have to jump on that bandwagon too. So many of our listeners keep sending us those yep. and raving about them. Yep. I I haven't bitten the bullet yet, but I keep telling myself the past few weeks that that's the that's the next pen I need to order. So I'll, I'm going to be uh, on the lookout for that too, and maybe pull the trigger on that in the next week or so. I think I'm so. going to put a little uh, notify me when in stock at Call Pens and cool. I think I get in fine as well. There, there you go. Twisby's nibs are really good. They're really um, straightforward on sizing. Like Lamy, extra fine and fine nibs write very, very wide, I believe. I think Twisby, if you get a fine nib, it's going to write what you mentally think a fine nib would write like. So that's why that's one of the reasons why I, uh, I uh, talk about Twisby so much, just because of how, just how good they are. I mean, I know there's definitely some uh, maintenance issues with them. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things. But uh, awfully good pin. So. Yeah, look, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on one of those. I've wanted it for ages and keep kind of putting it off, putting it off. But I haven't bought myself a pen in a long time. Yep. This might be a nice a nice little addition. All right, so we got one more uh, kind of uh, very interesting topic that we alluded to earlier. So I want to get to that. But let's talk about our good friends at Squarespace. Squarespace are the all-in-one platform that make it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store, and they are back again to support the Pen Attic podcast. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code INC at checkout. Squarespace, start here, go anywhere. When it comes to giving yourself a place on the internet to put your wares, to put your site, to put your thoughts, there's nowhere better than Squarespace. They put all the power that you need into your hands and take away all the stuff that you don't want to have to worry about, like hosting, scaling, or what to do if you get stuck with something. This is because they have their great support. So if you get stuck with anything at Squarespace, you can get in touch with their great support team, They're available 24-7 for you with live chat and email. They have teams located in New York City, Dublin, Ireland, and in London who are there to help you when you need it. I mentioned about putting your wares somewhere. What about Squarespace's commerce platform that allows anyone to add their own store to their site? They have that rock-solid fast hosting that I mentioned 
and they're great page building systems. So Squarespace is built on top of this page building system. It's called a WYSIWYG page building system. What you see is what you get. And this basically means that you develop, you build and you customize your Squarespace site with drag and drop tools, with little, uh, you can select, oh, I want to have this font, this color. And as you're making all the suggestions and you're dragging the sliders and changing the colors and changing the fonts, it's all happening in front of you, right next to the selection. You kind of got like, I don't know, like 75% of the screen and then 25% of the screen, 25% is all your controls and the other 75% is your website updating for you in real time. And you're building on top of their beautiful templates. They've added a new 15 fantastic looking templates to Squarespace 7. They all feature responsive web design. It means it's going to look fantastic on your iPhone, your iPad, or on your desktop machine too. They've partnered with Getty Images as well, so you can cover your new website of fantastic imagery for just $10 an image. You will not find prices like that elsewhere. Squarespace have done a great deal with, with Getty, and they want to do that deal for their customers. If you sign up for a year with Squarespace, you're going to land yourself a free domain name as well, which allows you to give the name that you want to your website. And Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. You can sign up for a free trial right now with no credit card required and start building your website today by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, make sure that you use the code INC. That's going to get you 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the Pen Addict podcast. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their support of this show and all the Real AFM. Squarespace. Start here, go anywhere. You know, that code, uh, Inc., I see people using that. They they tweet me that they use that, you know, at least once a week. It seems like I'm seeing something about that. So we really legitimately appreciate that, guys and gals, for using uh, our codes and um, working with our sponsors to uh, for this show. It, uh, it helps keeps us going, and uh, it, it's really awesome to see you guys uh, using these tools and loving them as much as we do. Indeed. One quick thing before we... Uh, get into this next topic the greg 82 in the chat room mentioned that the philly pin show is this weekend so um i know we're gonna have uh, a bunch of uh people there a bunch of listeners and readers of the blog there so i want to see all your wares so take us some pictures and um let us know your haul from the philly pin show this weekend and maybe we'll uh, talk about some of that next week all right mike if it's not well known that we have a problem with pens it's pretty clear we have a problem with notebooks too mm-hmm. so i posted a photo on instagram i was doing some reviews this weekend and i was going through my backpack getting a bunch of pens and notebooks out then i realized in my backpack my doan my topo mountain bag i had five notebooks that all had what I consider active notes in them, things I'm actually using. And I, <laughs> once I put them all out on the desk, I was like, what am I doing? And then I realized, um, you not too too much later, I think you said you have this problem too. So t- tell me what you're, what you're using, your notebooks, how many you have going right now, or what, what do you have going on? Do you have a, do you have the problem that I'm having? Of course I do. Uh, so <laughs> currently I have on the go, I have right next to me, I have an arts and field notes. These are all field notes, by the way, for mm-hmm. me. Um, I have an arts and sciences edition, um, which is sitting right next to me here, which I use to keep the show notes. Um, so it's where I take my show notes and they, uh, all the information 
that I'm writing down, as I mentioned earlier, that I'm doing with my Twispies going in there. Um, then we have a another field notes. We have one of the factory floor editions. That is where I'm keeping notes uh, of this this new project that I'm working on. I'm keeping some notes of that in there, um, programming notes and interviewing notes and that kind of thing. So everything's going in there for that one. Uh, I have a pale lager uh, drink local, which is my general meeting on the phone. You know, like type notebooks so I'm like I'm having a call with someone we're talking about sponsorship or we're talking about a show or talking about an idea or something like that um, that's where that notebook that's where all that stuff goes into uh, and then in my bag I have a um, one of the luminous green exposed editions mm -hmm. that is my kind of like on the road notebook where I write some stuff down and I also have one of uh, the new Notco notebooks in there as well, although I've yet to work out a use for it. So that's kind of me at the moment. That's how many notebooks I currently have on the go. I have a couple of other notebooks in my bag, in my topo bag, but then I haven't got any notes in them. Okay. So why are you carrying those? Just in case? Backup? Just no notebooks, you know? Break in case Just of notebooks. emergency? In, you never know. Notebook <laughs> emergency, you know, new ideas, new projects. Can't dare write in the same notebook more than once. So, you know. Yep. So I have that. <laughs> I do the same thing. I'm giving you a hard time when I do the exact same thing. So let me go through my uh, my notebook carry right now. So I have my, my Notco uh, dot dash notebook. That's my inbox notebook, if you will. So that's the um, kind of one of the like the OmniFocus or GTD theories, like there's a place where you just capture stuff. Um, and then that stuff usually gets audited and moved elsewhere into things as you, knew, as you need. So I use the Notco notebook for just general capture, um, whatever. Like I had an idea, just like just some random idea uh, the other night, and I just wrote down this random idea in there. Or I'll put the show notes in there, um, or like the show planning stuff in there. I'll put down other project planning. I'll put down sketches. It's just kind of the catch-all inbox book. So from there, if I need to elaborate on something, so say something out of there becomes a project, that's moved into the field notes, day game, white, red edition. I use that for projects um, that are kind of active in short term, if you will. So that's carried, like I did all the planning for the field notes ranking edition uh, podcast episode, I'm sorry, that we did in that book. So that took a few pages of planning to put that episode together and get all my notes down for that. And then the longer term project stuff has been going into the Midori Travelers. And this is a whole episode in the making because I can't figure this book out. The Midori Traveler's Notebook. I have just the black leather cover and I have two inserts. Ever since I got it, people have been um, hitting me up. Tell us about it. Review it. Do something with it. I, I can't yet. <laughs> because I don't know what I'm doing with it. I, it's one of those products that I cannot explain. I love it so much. I want it with me all the time. 
but I don't use it in a hardcore fashion that it deserves. It's super hard to explain. But I actively use it um, for like long-term projects, like the three questions um, um, post that I do on the Pen Addict. I keep a list of, you know, who I've gotten to do it, who I would like to do it. You know, that's kind of the running list of the people I want to do that project. And I don't, I have that in there instead of... you have in there, like, the people that have had the email in their inbox for 11 days and haven't done anything about it yet? I do, I do. You have a special, you have a special little, uh, special little mark next to you. Me? What are you talking about? (laughs) So, but I do that for the longer term stuff because I don't want it in, in necessarily a memo book like the knock book or the field notes book because those I feel is more temporary books, right? Those, if I put something in there and I fill up that notebook, that notebook's going to get shelved. And unless I digitally scan it or remember exactly where I wrote down these notes, they're going to be harder to find for me. So I put that in a more, I don't know if the 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 larger size of the Midori makes me think that's a more permanent home for my notes. I don't know. So the Midori is is something I have got to figure out because I I'm enamored with it, but I can't figure out my usage of it. Um it could be like kind of like the one and only notebook, although I'll obviously never have that because the problem is, and you have this problem too, is I like so many of these products, I want to use them, right? You know, it's not you know, that we're just doing this randomly, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, this is cool. I want to use it. So we use it. Um, the dome paper, the uh, large utility book, that's kind of like a scratch pad. Um, I keep that on my desk a lot. That goes that sometimes, sometimes for a couple days, stays on the desk. Um, I'll do a lot of ink samples. I'll do a lot of like pre-review pen testing. Um, it's kind of my pen testing notebook, kind of things like that. And then the Field Notes Roastery Edition is the book I want to use, but I haven't figured out how to use it yet. So it's got blank pages right now, um, except for the back page where I did some ink testing on, which I do in a lot of new notebooks. The very last page of the notebook, I'll just scribble some stuff because I don't want to. I want to test it out first, see how I like it, and then. Uh, but I don't want to uh, deface the first page of of the notebook with just junk. So that's my notebook that I'm carrying that I'm not using yet, but. I got to find a um a way to use that book cuz it's really cool. So that's uh that's my problem. So the issues with this are the overlap. You know, my Field Notes Day Game and my Midori, what I use both of those for could be consolidated into one notebook, I believe. Um, kind of short-term projects and long-term projects. Like the Midori, you can carry multiple notebooks in, right? So I could have a short-term project notebook and I could have a long-term project notebook. And even in the Midori, you could add in a third notebook and that could be my inbox. So that's kind of a almost a system where I feel that the field notes and the memo books, the other memo books, don't and knock memo books that I'm using, they're more temporary, right? They're fleeting. The ideas and they're fleeting and then then when they get elaborated on into a bigger idea they go into a more permanent home so that that's kind of my thought process on all this do you have um do you find yourself searching through different books for different things are you pretty locked down to those usage like you had defined usages 
for your notebooks, right? Do you ever find yourself searching for something I thought was here, but it's somewhere else? No, those usages are, are good enough. Like they're locked down enough. And I don't, I don't burn through the notebooks either. So like pretty much if I'm looking for it and it's in recent memory, it's going to be in the current one. You know, because obviously the, the the problem that you can find is you you then never know where to look because it's like I now have this stack of notebooks. Who knows which one was for this purpose and which one was for this purpose? Mm. But because I have the because the usages are split in such a way that it means that no notebook's going to get very quickly used. Uh, it it works quite nicely, you know. Yep. Yep. So Mikey React in the chat room says, how do you decide which field notes to use when you finish another off? I need to start another field notes tomorrow. So the first answer is, the first option is always the newest one, the newest colors edition. So if I have another notebook and another field notes in progress, when the new colors edition comes out, that's obviously going to be my next choice. Now, in the case of this last colors edition, I started using the Ambition edition and didn't love it, so I wanted to use something else. Then I try to pick something, rare is not the right word, but unique. You know, I don't want to just pick a craft notebook, or I don't want to just fall back to the last edition. Um, I want to pick something that's really going to interest me and be kind of cool, that I think is kind of cool for myself to use. It makes me want to use it more. It makes me feel better about myself carrying it. You know, I like carrying around this white and red day game edition just because you don't see it a lot. And it's one of my favorite single editions. So that's why I went with that one. Um, so, but, you know, I have plenty of unused notebooks. I could choose from a lot of them. But I tend to go back. If I'm not using the current edition, I'll go back several editions and that ends up being kind of a rolling thing right you know you know a few months from now you know maybe i'll use you know uh, an unexposed you know late this year because i haven't used it one in a while so um it it, it kind of goes through that do you have any rhyme or reason on, on why you choose any any of the books like field notes to use again if it isn't new uh maybe i already have one in my mind that i want to use for for whatever reason i'm like oh i, I want to use the drink local because i haven't used one of those in a while or i'll just start digging through and find out what sort of what like what takes my eye like what what takes my fancy next time and i'll just pick one of those up you know and i will say what's funny is i tend to go for the colors edition ones i almost never pick one of the like the off editions, you know, the uh, sponsored or branded editions, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I don't know why. I, I, I've got no rhyme or reason for that. I, that just hit me. It's like I almost never pick one of those. I almost pick some older colors edition. So, yeah. So, interesting. But we're not alone in this problem. Uh, our friend Jeremiah on uh, on Twitter, Jim Cant, I think he had, when he saw my post about uh, causing myself problems with all these other notebooks, he has 11 currently in use um that's I, that's a little extreme um like i i like to say a lot no problem detected but um you might have a problem there jeremiah <laughs> you might need a you might need a intervention so um but I, i'd be interested to see i i can see a lot of people using like three notebooks when you start getting up to into like five and six and more, I'm wondering what you're really using those for. So I would be curious to hear that. So, you know, let let Mike and I know, and maybe we'll we'll cover that more too, and and see what other uses people are having for for these notebooks as we go through 
go through the future episodes. So uh, we'd like to hear it. And um, I think uh, I think that's it. I think let's let's tell them how to get in touch with us and give us all this information, and we'll we'll call this a show. If you go to relay.fm/penaddict/137, you'll find the show notes for this episode, along with some other links. And how you can get in touch with us. You want to send us an email? There's a great link there. You can just tap the button, and it will do that. Or you can find us on Twitter. I am at imike i m y k e, and Brad is at dowdyism d o w d y i s m. Uh, Brad is penaddict on Instagram, and I'm imike on Instagram as well. Um, I, th- I figured it's an interesting crossover there. I think that's mm-hmm. a, you know, people, yeah. So I, th- I think people would like to know that. Absolutely. And of course, Brad writes the fantastic penaddict.com. We'll be back next time with another episode of the Pen Addict Podcast. Thanks to Linda and Squarespace for helping us out with this week's episode. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>